The New Activist is presented by International Justice Mission. IJM is working to end slavery in our lifetime and won't stop until all are free. After 20 years of anti-slavery work around the globe, IJM is hosting a momentous event called Liberate, and you are invited. This global gathering will include all of IJM's staff and all others who are passionate about ending slavery, individuals who are ready to step up to the call and further the movement, from college students to liberators in the field to people like you and me. You will hear firsthand accounts from the front lines of injustice, celebrate and worship in prayer, and be filled with love and strength and hope that radiates when people band together for a common cause. Join us and become part of the movement to end slavery in our lifetime. To sign up for the Liberate Gathering, go to liberategathering.org and enter in the promo code THENEWACTIVIST, all one word, to get $20 off your ticket. I look forward to seeing you there. Well, this is The New Activist, a weekly show where we have conversations with activists and leaders who are tackling some of the world's biggest humanitarian issues. My name is Eddie Koffeltz, and it is a joy to be with you today as we welcome our very special guest, Dr. Marvin Hardy from Grace Medical Home. There is kind of a fun story of how this uh, interview came to be because I live in Orlando and Dr. Hardy lives in Orlando and Grace Medical Home is in Orlando. And for years, I've been seeing on Instagram <laughs> pictures uh, once a year of my friends going to this huge like gala event kind of thing and dressing up and seeming to have a good time. And like, I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't jealous. It's just not a thing I was invited to. Well, last year uh, I got invited through some friends Brienne, my wife and I got invited and uh, we got to go to this big gala and this gala is to support Grace Medical Home. It's called Let's Say Grace. So it's kind of a fun, fun name. And so we go to this gala and, you know, we're having a good time. We're all dressed up and being silly. And Dr. Hardy gets up and speaks and starts to talk about Grace Medical Home. Now, up until that point, I thought it was just sort of a, you know, philanthropic kind of medical center. And it is, but it is so much more. And during the middle of his speech, as we are all dressed up like crazy people, <laughs> uh, I really had a moment where I just was blown away by what this medical home is and what it can be as a model to people in the healthcare industry around the world, which is why I am very excited to share this story with you. Dr. Hardy, as you will hear, is a very sweet man. He is clearly driven by his faith. He is clearly driven by uh, loving and caring for people as a doctor, and he is really sought after. Uh, even just to schedule this interview, I was scheduled, I think, as a <laughs> as a client. Like he he had saw somebody, then he I think I was his eleven o'clock, and then he saw someone else. And you'll hear some background noise in the office. I think someone pops in and asks him a question, but there's just like he's in the middle of it, and he is doing a lot of good work. And I think it's important for us to hear not only his story, but also the story of what Grace Medical Home. Is is, but also the story of the life of someone who is uninsured, because for many of us, we do not know what it is like to live uninsured. Or if we do, it's a time when we're, you know, early in college and really healthy, and it's not really of, of consequence to us. But really, Dr. Hardy and the entire team at Grace Medical Home cares for people who are in really perilous situations because they cannot afford insurance. And it was helpful for me to expand my horizons and to be 
uh, more empathetic by hearing the story of others. So I look forward to hearing what you think about this. Here is the conversation that I was privileged to have with Dr. Marvin Hardy. So, Dr. Hardy, what is can you can you kind of give me the, the the elevator pitch of what is Grace Medical Home? Yeah, great, um, Eddie. Uh, Grace Medical Home is a uh, doctor's office with reverse qualifications. Hmm. If you're uninsured and low income, you qualify. A medical wow. home is not a nursing home. It's not a place you spend the night. It's a place of ongoing, continuous, comprehensive medical care where there's a primary care physician that knows you. It's where your chart is kept. It's where your story is known. Um, and that's exactly what the uninsured struggle to find. So this sounds almost uh, not too good to be true because obviously it exists, but it sounds like this utopian kind of yeah. medical facility. Yeah. How did how this pop into your head? How'd you invent such a idea? Well, uh, first of all, growing up here in Orlando, I, uh, and moving back here, I saw the needs in our community. I would read about them. I would always wonder where are the uninsured going? Who's taking care of them? Who's following them? Um, in our County about, uh, 10 years ago or so, when we started thinking about grace, about a quarter of our county was uninsured. And I knew through statistics that about 85% of the uninsured nationwide do not have a primary care doctor's office to call their own. So kind of at the core of me, the, the greatest conviction was centered around that people creating the image of God, just like you and I, we're not getting the same level of medical care as those who have insurance. In fact, it's not even close. And so I couldn't live with myself. I would constantly think about this in my quiet times or at church or on walks. I tried to forget about it. I kept an article about a Christ-centered medical practice for the uh, low income in Atlanta, Georgia, by my desk for two years and three mm. and three moves before I did anything about it. Mm. So that was the, that's where that kind of got started. And, uh, and then we started working on it from there. Yeah. Okay. So you talk about the uninsured and I, I think that a lot of people listening to this are either uninsured because they're, you know, 20 years old and they just don't care. And they just are yeah. like basically healthy and this isn't affecting their life or we are insured. Like I've had insurance every day of my life and I don't really know what it's like. So maybe instead of asking it broadly like this, for instance, I have a broken hand right now. I have a cast. I've gotten x-rays. If I was uninsured and broke my hand, what would my process have looked like? What would it have done to me? Yeah, great question. First of all, it's important to know there's no system. There's no medical system for the uninsured. Most uninsured don't get care they go to the emergency room or they go to an urgent care facility to get care at with when one has insurance there there is a a pattern or a system or places you can go for your care Um, but uninsured do not have that and so they feel lost they feel hopeless they many of them have given up they don't know where to turn they don't know who to trust they're they've been taken advantage of and so for instance in your case with a with a broken hand um many times (laughs) 
depending on the pain level, you would go either to emergency room or an urgent care facility, or you just try to endure it. And that's what we've seen here happen at, at Grace with 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 uh, injuries such as yours. And then if you need surgery, how's that going to get done? Um, who, what orthopedist is going to see you? Will there be follow-up care? Uh, those kind of questions will run through uh, the patient who has insurance. Will I need physical therapy? And who's going to help me with that physical therapy? Will I need medications for the pain or something like that? And so, again, those are kind of things that will go through the uninsured uh, person's mind with an injury such as, such as yours. So what, what do they do? Because if they show up to an ER, and, and I'm sorry to harp on this, I just really feel like it's helpful, at least maybe for me, to go into like, what is it really, like, what's the, the process how is the process really failing them? So if they walk into an ER, their hand is really broken and they see someone. I, I, I mean, I paid a $20 copay, I think, for this entire front to back, everything that's happened. But, but if they have no insurance and they're seen by an ER doctor and they put a cast on them, is, it, is the, the problem at that point that a bill for whatever, $10,000 then gets sent to them and now they're in that kind of debt? It, it, exactly. Most uh, bankruptcy um, in the United States has to do with medical bills. And so if if a person without insurance shows up in the middle in the emergency room, if it's not written off by the hospital, then they will get a bill. Then they will have to set up a payment plan for that. It, it's mm. also important to know in, in Florida, our state did not expand Medicaid through the Affordable Care Act years ago. So okay. the uh, folks that um, are uninsured, it's down from 10 years ago, but not that much um, mm. is it down. So this is continues you know, to be an issue. Yeah. It continues to be an issue because many times people think who, many times uh, people who have insurance believe that just because you're poor, you get Medicaid and you have coverage and someone will be there. And that's not the case. Um, in our state. So, I mean, this is, you know, the broken hand example is probably a poor example because you <laughs> really think one. of like, like a kid with the flu yeah. or a, like a, you know, bringing your, if you are uninsured and like, if your child gets, I mean, we've had to, we've had a couple of really important doctor yeah. visits. Like our kids, have, if they had not been to a doctor, there would have been a problem. So there's like, this really becomes a kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation for the uninsured. It really Right. I mean, that's, that's essentially the crisis they have to face. That's right. And and what we've seen here over and over again is is that um, they they don't go to the doctor or they try to get help from a friend or from a relative uh, or they go to an urgent care facility. Uh, their hmm. their chart is not kept in any one particular place. Their story is not known. And so what hmm. we are trying to do at Grace is to embrace people where they are as they come through the doors, learn their story, wrap our arms around them and provide holistic, uh, uh, patient person centered medical care. Okay. Well, that's incredible. Can, can you walk me yeah. through a little bit of that practically what that means? Because yeah. I, I, until I was at your gala recently, yeah. Yeah. which is where I first, you know, yeah. like really understood the scope of it. I thought like basically they came and saw the doctor for free and leave, yeah. but there's this story in holistic. Tell me about, yeah. first of all, what that means and why that matters. Okay, great. At the heart of a medical home is relationships. Hmm. And 
what we're trying to do is form a medical relationship with our patients and get to know them as they come through. And we want to get to know their, their entire story. And so many times that begins with primary care medical needs, but then it expands to other things. And so that's what's been really neat about Grace is not only is there primary care, but then there's specialty care. There's mental health counseling we have here. We have spiritual care. And spiritual care really addresses the cryouts to God that people will have. Um, mm-hmm. We have a system where we help um, procure medications and, and manage them. And then we have a care coordination department that um, helps manage all of their referrals. Yeah. So, so that must really change for a person like, you know, you know, they're coming in with say something common like flu symptoms, but at the same time you're doing a full kind of 360 of psychosocial, spiritual, everything to kind of assess the way that they can best be cared for. How often um, is, I'm curious, and I I don't know if this is true or not, but is there a link between uh, someone's overall health and let's say their their level of income or level of poverty as the case may be? Oh yeah, no question. Um, No question. And we see all types of poverty here. We see some that have been chronically poor. They've um, Mm -hmm. never had money. Um, They've never really had insurance. Um, They have not had a doctor's office to go to. I've seen uh, plenty of patients that have never been to the doctor or haven't been the doctor in 10 years. And so we do see uh, those type of patients. We also see those who have become, who have lost their money recently, such as a loss of job or a disability or something. Um, and so those are also um, um, disheartening as well in, in, a, in a different example of the type of poverty that we see. Um, yeah. Helps. Can you, I, I, you know, it does. And, and so when they come in, yeah. um, they, they, I assume there is some sort of intake where there's almost yeah. a, they have to, in a way, I guess, prove need, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, cause I kind of want you to be my doctor, but I don't think I, like, I, I right. Like yeah. this, this would be amazing. So they, they have to prove need, right? Yeah. So Eddie, what happens is if, um, we, we, see people uh, uninsured low income in Orange County, Florida that have um they have can have no insurance, no Medicaid, no Blue Cross or anything and they need to learn earn below 200% of the federal poverty line. And we have that on our website and they call and our intake person will go over that with them. And then basically when they come in for their intake appointment, it's to prove that they're poor. It's a very vulnerable yeah. experience and imagine it's um and so we do look at um, whether it's tax forms or we look at um, income statements and then we see if they qualify and then they then we set them up for a patient. And once you're a patient here, at Grace, you can call uh, for a sick visit that day. You can schedule a physical, um, that yeah. kind of thing, just like a regular doctor's office. Hmm. So so they pay nothing then right yeah. for this entire yeah. yeah so what do they so i hate to yes yeah, so, i hate to be indelicate though but like somebody's got to pay for this. somebody's got to yeah yeah like you have to pay your own mortgage and that's right. like how how's this how's this working yeah so so Eddie, we are a, a not-for-profit we do need to raise money um most of our uh giving comes from individuals uh some is uh 
uh, also a good portion comes from the hospitals or from uh, some foundations um, because of they know what we're doing. But we do have a participation fee. Our, our patients uh, pay anywhere from uh, $5 to $20, depending on their level uh, of income. We never turn anyone away. We have no billing or collections department. Um, uh, and many times we'll see patients pay more than, than what uh, the uh, participation fee is. We do believe strongly in them participating in their care. We tell our patients often, we, lock, we, will, we want to lock arms with you. And excuse me, we want to lock arms and, and walk through, and we will walk through a wall with you, but we won't walk through a wall without you. So we believe real strongly uh, in participation and, um, and, all, and, that's, and that's part of that. Hmm. The, the passage in the Bible where Jesus asked the person, do you want to get well? We, um, we have dug into that and looked at that really hard. And even if a patient wants to get well just a little bit, we will work with them. And so we believe so strongly in, in participating and walking alongside them. Um, and, and the $5 to $20 um, covers that day if they have labs drawn or if they get medications or if they get an x-ray that day or if they uh, need help with a referral. So there's no hidden fees at Grace Medical Home. That that uh, 5 to $20 is just there to, for participation. Hmm. What, like, when people come in, did, I know that Grace is a, a Christian organization. I know that faith yeah. is so much a part of yeah. what drove you yeah. to start this and yeah. what what defines your life? And we're going to, we're going to dig into you in a minute. I hope that's okay. (laughs) Um, but I, am curious, like, what if they're not Christian? What if they just don't believe in anything? Are they still going to be able to get treated? Oh yes. So the, um, just as, uh, Christ welcomes all people, that's the same hope that we have at grace. Mm -hmm. We don't care what background, uh, what religion, uh, what, your status may be um, mm. when you walk through those doors. We love people just as Christ loves us. And we know we're all in the same position uh, before him in need of his grace and mercy. And so there's no difference. And so um, what has been interesting is when we first started about uh, 55% of our patients would uh, wrote down that they were a member of a church. Okay. And now it's down to around 30% I say that they are members of a church. And so um, and so we don't have any discrimination. We will see all folks who uh, come come through those doors. That's that is an incredible way to be the hands and feet of Jesus by actually really loving people where they're at. Um, I'm curious for you. Uh, what when when did you first want to be a doctor? Were were you, were you a little kid? Are you like the fourth generation of doctors? Or how how does this work? No, I, um, that's a great question. I went to college at Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And at Furman, they make you go to these cultural life programs and they're not the most fun. You have to go to, <laughs> uh, you had to go to 48 of them to graduate. And at one of those, I heard a fellow named Tony Campolo speak and, um, and he quoted Bob Pierce, which is the founder of, of World Vision. Mm-hmm. And his quote was, may my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. And that stuck with me in college. And I thought, man, where, where God, where are you leading me? And, um, what type of profession or what could I be doing that, um, 
um, that I could be helping folks who's, um, can I just interrupt yeah. you and yeah. kind of ask yeah. a follow? So I, but yeah. I mean, so it sounds like, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, you've always had yeah. this sort of, uh, like <laughs> you didn't have it ever in your head to be the, like BMW driving. Do- I'm sorry if you have a BMW, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like hotshot yeah. doctor that's like working yeah. in a big hospital that, that we see on TV. It sounds like yeah. doctor for you has always been, whether it's been realized or not, an outpouring of caring for people. Is that accurate? Yeah. And, um, and I mean, exactly. And like I was saying, I was just, you know, I wanted to go where God's heart was breaking and I just prayed, God, where's your heart breaking? Where are you leading me? Where can I use my gifts uh, to serve, to serve your people? Where can I follow your example? If your example was to leave uh, heaven and come to earth, where can I, um, how can I serve and, and what can I do? And so just felt led to medicine, got really excited about science, got excited about using science to, to, um, to help people. Um, and, uh, that's how the ball, you know, kind of, uh, started rolling there. Mm. Yeah. Take, take me inside the moment where, and you, and you shared about this a bit before, but you had that piece of paper, that, that news clipping about an organization yeah. in Atlanta that had done something exactly. similar. Can you yeah. take me inside the moment where you actually decided like, okay, we're doing this. Was that, yeah. what was that I'm, moment like? Was it scary? Was it, I mean, just take me inside the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to Eddie. Um, well, first of all, I, the first thing I did was I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I shook my wife and I said, we've got to go visit this facility. Hmm. And, uh, finally was convicted enough to make a call and made a call and, and went up there. And, but even before then though, I, I remember several quotes. I heard a, a sermon from Charles Stanley that said, um, God only shows you his will to do it, not to hmm. contemplate it, not to write down the pros and cons and the positives and the negatives, but to do it. And that burdened me. And, and, um, and then I remember reading a passage from Tim Keller in his book, Ministries of Bercy. And he said, he talked about how you might decipher whether you have a call or not. And he talked about three things. He talked about an ability, an opportunity, and desire. And when these three things align, there may be, uh, God may be calling you. And so that was kind of happening in my life as, as, as I was reading about this facility in Atlanta. We visited I wanted to forget about it after I visited, um, but it just couldn't. But it was an unbelievable place. It's a place you walk in and you feel the love of Christ and patients are getting quality care, care you would be proud to send your mother to mm. or your children to. And um, I, I was blown away. And, and um, Eddie, I'm going to keep going. Does yeah. that sound good? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, so like I said, I tried to forget about this. I came back. I couldn't. Then I started meeting with folks in the community that, uh, that, um, might have an interest in this. And so I, I kept meeting with them and each time I would meet with them, they were so touched. Some of them started crying. Mm. Some of them said, this has been on my heart as well. Um, some of them said, I'm ready to go. You just tell me when you, you want your, you know, when you're ready. Hmm. And so what I realized then was um, I had this naive view that God just speaks to one person, but he doesn't. He's moving his people. And so what would happen was he was tapping on a lot of people's shoulders as well. 
Hmm. And so that's kind of this, how this momentum for grace got started is a group of folks, almost uh, eight to 10 of us who felt like God had tapped on our shoulders. Hmm. And this is what we want to do. We want to provide a facility that's Christ centered. That's a medical home. And that's, um, that's for the, um, low income. Hmm. Like, not to be indelicate, but you were like right before this, you were a doctor at a, a very prestigious, um, just a great, great pedi- pediatric office. Our kids went there for a while. It was a great place. Yeah. Um, yeah. do you ever miss that, that life? Cause that, that must've been a little bit, at least practically a little bit more transactional. Like you, yeah. you're pretty deep in it with people and you weren't yeah. there. Do you ever miss that? Do you ever... I, I'm just curious what yeah. it's like. Yeah, that's right. Well, Eddie, I was in private practice pediatrics for um, about 10 years, yeah. and I loved it there. Yeah. I, I loved it, and I loved the patients that I saw. I do miss it. I miss the families. I wonder what's going on with them. But after a while, I felt like I was driving in the wrong direction, and um, and that wasn't where I, I was supposed to be. Mm. And so... I do know that uh, God uses people wherever they are. His light shot will shine through them no matter where they are and where they work and, and the situation. But for me personally, I felt like I was um, uh, not where I was supposed to be. And so it just came down to uh, uh, just obedience and um, just like things we encounter every single day. Um, and uh, just felt like I needed to follow through and what, I felt like God was where God was leading me. Gosh, your your uh, your straightforward determination it, it's really <laughs> it's really couched under obedience, and that's beautiful. But it is also like uh, I, I keep you were kind of unwavering, sort of like when when the idea came, it was like, well, this is what obedience looks like, and I'm going to do this. Is this have you always been like this? Is that is this just your DNA, or was this was it this idea particularly that you've doggedly well, pursued? Yeah, well, Eddie, I don't know who's what theologian said this, but I've heard a quote that the only two days um, this person was concerned about was today and that day, and mm. and, and the um, what would I say to Christ and and when uh, my life is done, and that He's my one true audience that I'm responsible to, and so that's where this um, I just wanted to be responsible to what He was uh, where He was leading me. And, um, and so that's where this came from. Um, not for many other reason, just, um, just listening to that still small voice and doing what he said and going for it. And so I was great to have the encouragement of my wife. Um, she was just all for this and, um, uh, because she knew it was the right thing to do and where God was leading. And, um, mm. and it was also where I was starting to get excited. I, I think, um, you know, I think God does change the desires of our hearts over time and, and, and over time just started getting more and more excited and pumped about moving forward with this. Mm. Uh, a, f- a few final questions here. Um, can you tell the story and do you have a story of anybody who comes to mind who has been treated by Grace Medical Home? Can you tell me like what they com- came in with and what, what would have happened had they not come in? I know there's HIPAA, so I'm not sure if I'll ask the question, but I understand if you can't answer, but I was just curious if you had anyone in mind. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say that our patients, I will say 99.9% of them 
are very grateful, not a little bit grateful, but Mm. very grateful because they've been without. They can't believe someone will call them and tell them their mammogram report. Mm. They can't believe someone will call them and tell them their labs are fine or that they want to see them again. They can't believe it. So patients will be in tears in our office just because we want to see them again, because we just want to do things that are common to folks that have insurance. So I will say that our patients are grateful. Um, there are stories every day uh, that that break my heart. And um, mm. it just before speaking to you, it took me about 30 minutes to gather my thoughts because of uh, just how uh, sad some cases are sad. The case was I saw today. Mm. Um, last week saw a patient who's had progressive hearing loss for 10 years, a 16 year old, never been to the doctor for that. Just kind of endured, had hearing tests done at school. Wow. Um, she, she has not had insurance. She's from another country. And, um, and so, uh, those kind of things where you feel like you can jump in and, and make an impact. We've had kids with significant syndromes coming from, um, uh, other countries where they haven't gotten care. And so you're able to get them going on medicine or have them see a specialist or get an imaging study that will really help. And so, uh, that's, that's, what's been awesome. And, um, and, um, and so rewarding. Hmm. I cannot imagine the things that you, the things that you see and the, the way lives have been changed because of the way you all do this. I really wish this kind of medical care existed like in in the paying world, like in the, in, in the insured world, right? Doesn't it feel yeah. like? Uh, I, do you yes. know why it doesn't? I mean, is there well, is there a reason for that that I don't understand? Well, I do believe it's out there. I do believe there's a lot of good doctors who are doing the right thing, and yeah. and um, I, I think that um, when you're, um, uh, it, it's just a, a system that's more dictated by insurance and and how many patients one can see and and that kind of thing. And um, I do get frustrated. We don't um, look more at the person uh, versus the uh, the whether they can pay or their insurance and that, and that kind of thing. I think as physicians in medical school, we're taught um, that there's a standard, um, and that um, and and your um, and you're rewarded basic basically on. You, by your grades and how well yeah. you can help live up to that standard. And then when you get out into the real world for physicians, it's more about how many patients you can see you're rewarded based on uh, payment and, um, and, and, and that kind of thing. And so I, I do think it's out there. I do think there's a lot of neat doctors that are out there. It's some of it's just dealing with the system. So one of the things I've loved about grace is just being freed up to practice medicine, how I've been taught and, um, and, and everything. There's one thing yeah. that, um, if I could keep going, there's one thing that we believe just so strongly in, um, that there should be no second rate care for, for the, for the low income. I was given a tour, um, Eddie, before we opened and there was, it was the end of the day. I was really tired and there was a patient that kind of snuck in this tour. It was mostly for people in the community and she was just there to kind of see what this was about. And I was given a tour and I said, because we hadn't opened yet. And I said, um, we're going to try to give the best level of care we can. And I knew when I said it, I, I, that shouldn't have come out that that didn't come out great. Mm. And she raised her hand in the back and she said, excuse me, did you say try? Uh, I said, yes, ma'am. Kind of my head nodded and kind of, feeling uncomfortable. And, um, 
And she said, try Christ's name is on the wall. You have to. And that was so convicting. And so it's been (laughs) neat to work with a a group of doctors here. Um, We do have several doctors on staff and we have lots of volunteer physicians that come. We have about seven volunteer primary care doctors that come once a week and about 20 specialists that come once a month. It's been great to work with a group of doctors and people that believe in quality care um, for the uh, those that aren't used to receiving it and that will fight for that for the patients. And so um, that's been awesome. And that's been neat to see um, that happen. We are a, a level three patient centered medical home, which is a hard thing to get. We don't get paid more by, mm. by doing that, but we felt like medical home was in our name and we needed to make sure um, we are practicing at the highest level that we can. Mm. Man, that, uh, that is incredible. I, um, yeah. And just to attest personally, like I've seen, I've, I've seen the home, I've seen the staff and it is truly probably the best medical facility in Orlando that just happens to serve, you know, people that are uninsured. And so it is a real testament to the, the inherent dignity that is preserved in the people that you're serving, um, that they're not walking into something second rate, but Hey, at least it's free. It's, it is right. You're, they're partnering with you. They're invited to join in their own journey and it's incredible. So I, uh, just, just really well done for folks listening. Uh, and I, and I kind of want to work through three groups here as our time ends, but first for people that are in the central Florida area, they want to be a, be a part of what you're doing. They want to work with you, give to you. What would you offer them as sort of next steps for engaging in grace? Great, great question. Hey, the first thing we tell folks is just to pray, pray for grace, uh, pray for the the people that come here. There's unbelievable opportunities for ministry here. Um, people cry out to God every day. Um, and so we just say, pray. Um, the next way we talk about participating if you want to is refer a patient. If you know uh, of someone who may benefit to um, give them our information, direct them to our website, uh, gracemedicalhome.org. The people that we see are many times your neighbors. They go to the same supermarket you go to. Your kids are on the same ball field as them. Um, uh, And so that's was eye opening to me. Five patients said that, um, when we first started, there was five people that went to Edgewater High School with that um, went out when I was there that are here. And so anyway, so we tell the second thing we say is refer a patient. The third uh, thing we say is if you want to volunteer. So if, if um, you uh, want to be a part to go on our website, there's a place to um, sign up if you'd like to volunteer. There's needs at our front desk. Uh, there's needs on our um uh, if for volunteer nurses and physicians uh there's names we have a connection team that helps connect people to the different resources uh, here at grace uh, we also have a lot of students that come through that are pre-med that are uh, or just outside of college before med school or pa school or nursing school and then the last way we say uh, we ask people to participate is just through giving if you're feeling led to give um uh we would welcome that. And um, we know that this is a community problem that needed the community that needs the community to participate. Um, um, these are the folks we're helping and the people you, every one of us is around. And so if you're feeling led to give, we would um, uh, welcome that. I know that, uh, that all gifts 
no matter the size matter uh, for the mm-hmm. patients that we serve. And so, so those are the ways to participate. And then last is we're happy to give a tour. So if you want yeah. to um, call down here and, and uh, talk with some folks on our team, um, we'll be happy to show people around anytime. That's super helpful. Thank you. If, if someone is listening, because a lot of the people that yeah. listen to the show are not yeah. in the area, they can, yeah. of course, give to Grace. But yes, what would you offer to them as a next step if they're feeling and I'm sure they are like people are just inspired and they want to help in engaging in this healthcare crisis. But it seems like this gigantic thing that's really for politicians to be arguing about. What what can a normal person do to actually be helpful with this? Oh, great question. Fantastic question. Um, I, I learned or I was taught over and over. I'm, I'm an idealist. And uh, but I was I, I, I have to watch uh, the real Um, excuse me, I have to watch the ideal getting in the way of the real. And Mm. so I can try to sit here in my mind, try to come up with a healthcare plan that will help people, but that might not help right now, the people that are in need. So I would say to folks, wherever they are, if God's breaking your heart, Mm. you're in that place for a reason. God has you there. Listen to that. See where he's moving, see what he's doing and go and be a part of it. Every community has different needs. All types of people are crying out to God. And so I would just say, um, uh, jump in, um, learn and assess need, um, and, um, and go for it. It will be different in your area versus Orlando. It's different in Orlando versus Atlanta yeah. versus Memphis or Nashville. Um, and so there's different resources. But um, as you jump in, just as I've learned, you'll see that there's other people more, uh, that, that have the same desire and passion. Mm. And I, I would be remiss for the, for finally, if I didn't ask you to, um, for people that are pre-med right now in nursing yes. school, PA school that are, uh, like trying, trying to figure it out and figure out how they're going to, how they're going to engage in the medical profession. Um, what can you, can you speak to your people for a second <laughs> and just, what would you, what would you offer them to at least consider? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, God's a big God and he's going to shine through, uh, his people, no matter where they are or what type of medicine they practice, whether it's at a place like grace or in academic medicine or in private practice in a hospital. And so for, for those pre-meds, um, medicine is an exciting way to use what you've learned to help tangibly needs of people and to get involved in, in what they're, in what they're dealing with. It's privileged. There's no, um, more privileged space or vulnerable space than an exam room. And so I would um, still encourage folks to do medicine, to get involved. I, I think the medical students that I'm around are, are seem so passionate right now. They seem to be going into medicine for the, for the right reasons. And, um, and so I'm, I'm a go for it kind of person. So I'd say if, if, if you're being led to, um, to go for it. Hmm. Dr. Hardy, thank you. I know that you are between patients right now and you have squeezed me into your 11 o'clock slot. So thank you for seeing me today, doctor. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Eddie, very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Well, that was Dr. Marvin Hardy. What an incredibly kind person and what a really driven person even underneath the 
uh, you know, the very sweet exterior, you can tell that there is a deep fire in him to care for people who are uninsured, people who need help and deserve really holistic, dignity-preserving help, but simply cannot afford it. I am grateful for the work that he is doing and the work that Grace Medical Home is doing. If you would like to learn more about Grace, you can go to gracemedicalhome.org there. There's a really easy way to just click get involved, find out more about how you can pray, how you can give, how you can even go and work for them. I know that right now they're hiring, they're looking for a, a floor nurse. So go, if you're in the Orlando area or if you want to move here, go and work for Grace Medical Home. And if you are not in the area and this is inspiring you to take next steps, certainly reach out to Grace if you want to start your own medical home and figure out how they did it. I would love, love, love nothing more than to see Grace Medical Homes all over the country caring for people in this unique and special way. The conversation that we started here will continue all week on our social media, both Facebook and Twitter. Our new activist is one word. Additionally, we have a website, which is newactivists.is. If you have not subscribed to the show, if you would, please head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, and also rate and review the show. It helps other people to find the show, and it is also just very affirming. Thank you for all of you who continue week after week to say such kind things and such specific feedback about the show. It is great to read. Our music today was provided by The Brilliance, wonderful band, just really kind, good people. You can find out more about where they are, where you can buy their music, merch, all of that at thebrilliancemusic.com. Don't forget, if you want to attend the Liberate Gathering, which I hope you will, we're going to be recording a bunch of new activist live shows there. Go to liberategathering.org and enter in the promo code THENEWACTIVIST. I look forward to seeing you there. And with that, we go back into the world. On behalf of Dr. Marvin Hardy, Grace Medical Home, my colleagues at International Justice Mission, as well as the relevant podcast network, I am Eddie Koffeltz. Take care, friends. Thank you for listening to the New Activist Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And for more relevant podcast network shows, check out the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com.